our Lord. You are the most high God. You are the unchanging changer. The one that made all and nobody made you. Thank you for this morning. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. This amount of liberality and our confession is that we do what? We give bountifully and cheerfully. Amen. And we've been looking at some fundamental things about the culture of liberality. Last week on um, on Sunday, I did a little teaching on liberality as it concerns the stewards of the altar. So that is part one, and we are taking part two this morning. Uh, if you've been coming for the Thursday sessions, you discover that we are teaching other things that are very fundamental to this. Our objective is that all of us should come to terms with that culture and develop it. That you don't need to come under pressure to stretch forth your hand to be a blessing to someone or be a blessing to the kingdom of God. It should become your nature, something that you do. But we, we emphasize one major thing, very important, that you first have to give yourself. And giving yourself is not the same as being born again. You are born again, but does God own you? Is he your Lord indeed? Have you surrendered to him completely? Does he have access to all the chambers of your life? That is the essence of giving yourself. So when you give yourself to him, it doesn't really matter whether you are poor or rich. By all means. By all means. You will minister to people's needs and to the need of the kingdom. We bless as many of you as are watching us this morning. And we believe God that the Lord himself will make you come to terms with the things we are talking about. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. He is worthy of praise. He is worthy of praise. Hallelujah. He is worthy of praise. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. I'd like us to go to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26, and we'll read from verse 6 to verse 13. Matthew 6, verse, sorry, 26, verse 6 to 13. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of a man known as Simon, as Simon the leper, 
a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume which he poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste? They asked. This perfume could have sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Our of the Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. I tell you the truth. Wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Fantastic story here. Very pregnant, full of matter. If you go beyond story to look for spiritual truth. Hallelujah. Now, in the ministry of Jesus Christ while he was on this earth, as Luke tells us in Luke chapter 8, verse 1 to 3, there were certain women who, out of their own volition, and that's, that's very important, they chose to follow him to minister to them, Jesus and his disciples. They chose to follow Jesus. Everywhere he went, they were there. Those were the money bags then. Women. And if you study the dimensions of church administration very well, you discover that most times the women are at the forefront. I remember telling you one time what something that one bishop told me in Nigeria, one bishop of the Methodist church. I hadn't become a pastor yet, but in his... Um, estimation he saw me as one and then said I want to give an advice you will keep it until the end I said yes sir that if you are passing the church and the men rise against you he said don't worry yourself too much your checkmates are at home He said, but the day you see the woman removing their head ties, their scarves, and tying around their waist, said, don't wait for anybody to advise you to go. You pack your things and go. Your minister has finished in that place. So I asked him why. He said, they are the backbone of several assemblies. And I may want to say that they are the backbone of all the assemblies from my little experience here and there. If what I'm saying will make the men angry, I'll be very happy. I'll be very, very happy. I'll be very happy. Praise the Lord. I have not forgotten that story the man told me. Well, advice, a good counsel. And I've watched it to see. 
when men are angry, the anger doesn't go far. When women get offended, it's difficult. Who is going to tame them? These women were following Jesus. Where were their husbands? It didn't matter. They made a decision to follow, to minister. And the Bible says that these people were people who had benefited from the ministry of Jesus. Some had been demon-possessed before. Some had been sick before. And they had encounters following Jesus, listening to him, sitting at his feet. And so they decided to dedicate themselves unto the cause of Jesus Christ. If you really know where you were before you were picked by him, you could equally make a decision that way. If you knew where you were. If you knew that you were lost before he met you. You didn't meet him. You were lost and on your way to destruction. Then he came your way. If you are proper understanding of that one, you can also behave like those women. If this man went this way to make us what we are today, then we want to, um, want to make sure that his ministry affects other people. So we'll facilitate it. And that is what they were doing. Now, one of those women was Mary. Mary Magdalene. They followed Jesus everywhere you went. Luke chapter 8, verse 23. I'm not reading that one. Glory to God. Now, coming back to what we read, Jesus was in the house of um, Simon the leper. The story is presented by almost all the four Gospels, some in different shades and certain emphasis, one from the other. But I decided to use this and bring in a little bit of Matthew's, uh, uh, what do you call it, Mark's edition of it. He had gone to the house. He had been invited and he went. One of the narratives said when there was a reaction from the Pharisees who were there, Jesus told a story, very, very serious story. Very serious story. He said, I came to your house. You did not kiss me, you didn't wash my feet. You, all the rituals that normally would be done to receive a person, you didn't do them. He said, but this woman, since I came, she had never left me. Weeping, cleaning my feet, kissing my feet. One of the, the editions give that kind of detail. I'm particular about what moved the woman to do what she did. It calls for devotion and deep love. You see, love is not spoken. Love is expressed. With certain actions. So you can tell someone, I love you, I love you. Is that what we have been telling ourselves, deceiving ourselves everywhere? A young man meets a young lady, and then the first thing is that, indeed, the very moment I set my eyes on you, I lost control. Somebody who has lost control, 
and he's asking you to marry him and you also go to marry a person who has lost control he's an he's an emotional wreck and I, I in fact i lost my mind you know you know um <laughs> when you go when you go to the way they behave in the world it's normal talk make any lie have you heard it before yeah. eh? yeah, i'm going to lie i'm going to trick her Are you, that's the way we're talking that's the way we present it because any lie it's, it's all lies and lies because if you tell a person that you love him or you love her the attitude must show it a person that you love so much makes a mistake and and everybody around will hear you begin to show that indeed you you the day you saw her you lost it my heart was beating proper hypertensive person is the one you are going to marry love is not about heart beating it's not about losing your mind it's about demonstrating some deep affection that is beyond the ordinary so you are able to accommodate each other until you finally get to the point where you want to get to this woman indeed loved jesus it is this same woman who remained by the sepulcher when others had gone looking for the body of the one that she loved so much if you have kept the body anywhere please tell me i want to carry it i've asked one question over and over again what was she going to do with the body and i always say that maybe she was going to deify it and worship it that's the extent of the love this woman loves so much it is love that provokes liberality if it is not there, forget it. A person who is not loving, when he, he does something good to you, watch out because very soon he will come for, uh, is it, what do you call it? Is it rematch? Return match? Uh, the footballer, footballers. Return match. I did this too for you. Don't forget that I did this for you. He will give you the date and the time and those who are present. So is it too much for me to ask this little favor from you? Little favor. You want to be strict and do the things that God has called you to do and you are in your office, you want to make sure that the ethics of the job are really kept. And the man reminds you, remember, in your days of need, I was there for you. That is not love. That's investment. He invested into your life, expecting that time will come when he's going to reap. So the moment you were given a point, I said, yeah, that's it. I've got a golden mine now. This love, 
is selfless. Is what? Selfless. Liberality is when you love to a fault. That you can't have peace until you attend to people. We have heard so many things. Those of us who have been in this work for a while. So many things. You can preach anything. Everybody be excited. Prophesy upon the people. They are excited. Just start talking about ministering to the pastors. Ha! I know people that said that when God calls, he provides. So I told you last week that because of such reactions, we, we, we find it difficult talking about this subject, but I have chosen to talk about it. And I won't stop. I'll keep on talking. Some of the people that you call orthodox, orthodox churches, they don't speak in tongues. They don't even have the word of God. It's only stories they tell them on Sundays. We have the word. I begin to wonder where that word is. So the word that you have does not or has removed from it, from the scriptures, the act of giving, ministering to those who serve on the altar. That you've lost sight of the scripture that says the people that work on the altar must eat from the altar. Eh? Oh, we have forgotten. I don't justify pastors who twist the arms of people to collect money from them, but sometimes we cause that kind of thing. The man is hungry. The man is what? Hungry. Nobody is coming forward. <laughs> Next Sunday, anointing service. Indeed, the, the kind of anointing you have never seen before is going to happen. And then he comes vibrating. This anointing can be provoked with a seed. With what? A seed. He has revelation from his kitchen. And from the storehouse. The rice is gone, the oil is gone, the meat, everything is gone. The place is bare. It has become a bare place. And so he's motivated by that strength, energy, to come and do it. And then he begins to do all manner of things. <laughs> Somebody came to do something somewhere. He said, stretch out your hand. Say, boom. 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 Your miracle. Boom. Your miracle. Boom. They brought plenty of money. He finished, he went away. He was demanding for 50% of the returns that came from the host that invited him. Yes. The man said he had never heard of 60-40 before. <laughs> and sincerely, I got to know that one from, from the bishop when he told me, he said, he said, do you know anything about 60-40? I said, no. <laughs> Sometimes I don't blame them. Because we fail to do what we are supposed to be doing. One day, as a congregation, I said, when you sit to eat, do you ask yourself what your pastor has eaten or your pastors have eaten? Paul said it, it, it is something that should be done from Deuteronomy 25 and verse 4. The ox, that animal that does the threshing of the wheat, don't make that one go hungry. When your pastor begins to go hungry, if he has not been called by God, 
if he is not one who is committed to the work just for the sake of it, he can do all manner of things. And the annoying thing is that he knows that when you leave here, you go and to a place when they say pledge, you pledge one million. I'll give one million cities. And indeed, you'll do it. When you come to your local assembly and you're raising money, people around know that you have it. Just like uh, what Pastor told you on Thursday. They know you have it. But when you went to school, they told you that widow's might is small. That's what they told you. So you, you see people in high places. They say, I gave my widow's might. And they go free of charge. You know what widow's might is? She gave her life. That was all the woman had. Everything, home and abroad. Bank and home. Everywhere. Those two pieces. And because she loved the kingdom, she did what? She loved the kingdom. It is a kingdom thing. You love the kingdom of God. You want the kingdom to prosper. And so you will see certain people as agents in the kingdom that must be attended to. And you make a decision. You take it to do that. You are not looking at whether they, whatever they are doing is what is important to you. You want the kingdom to go on. We have met several people like that. Several people. Several people. Several of them. There are people I left behind or we left behind in Nigeria and they still minister to us here in Ghana. It is an issue of understanding and the love for the kingdom. It's not the church. It's not denomination. It is the kingdom of God. Those who are at the altar, the ones who are teaching you, give you spiritual things. The Bible said, don't deny them of your mundane things. Don't. This woman understood it. She took the best. It said it's very expensive. It was very, very expensive. That's what she took. To go and minister to the man she loved. The best very expensive <laughs> hey uh, sometimes we come to church and um, when it is time for offering we'll look at it if I give 20 cities now what will happen in the house God will happen in the house it is God who will do what will happen. I've told you several things. I told about a lady who brought me a pack of handkerchiefs. That was some years ago. And she began begging me. Now I was wondering why she was begging. Please. Pastor, please accept this one. That's all I have. That's what I can offer now. So I was waiting for her to bring what she could offer. And it was handkerchief. I looked at the handkerchief. I looked at her. And tears were dropping down her eyes. And I said, those will be the last tears that you shed. 
the last one. You, want, you will not need handkerchief again to clean your eyes. That's what I told her. I didn't know what she was going through. And then she began to tell me what she's been going through. I made her to know that I valued that thing that she brought. Most times it's not too much. It is what you can afford to give to your man, blessing the person. One day, I, somebody followed me somewhere there, followed me from here. He said, I'm very sorry. Said, I don't even have an envelope. And this is all I have. So she put it in my hand. And I prayed for the person. Every pastor who has understanding of this thing will always raise a seed, no matter the, the quantum of it. Raise it before God and pray for the one that brought it. And those prayers work. I told you that there was a time when this work started in Accra. There was a day we had only one CD. One of these uh, red ones. That was all the money we had in the house. And we were about five in the house. One CD. One. Now somebody who has just one CD, if you bring him five CD, don't you think he will enter the room and dance more? Oh yeah, he will, you will not see it, but you go inside, you will look at the five CD and say, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. And as he is shouting glory to God, glory to God, it is nearing to your benefits. The woman came with a, a flask, or a jar of alabaster and we are told the perfume is very 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 expensive and there was reaction anytime you want to invest in the kingdom you want to invest in your pastors and you discuss with people about 70 80 percent of them will advise you not to do that how can you take this kind of money and go and give to your pastor are you the only person in the church do you know what people are giving to him So when it comes to giving, I don't discuss. I don't. I don't. You are walking the path of the Lord. You are responding to what the word of God is saying. It is between you and your God. Because people will always try to advise you. And indeed, they are advising from their hearts. Uh, when I responded to the call into ministry and I put in my letter of resignation where I was working and some my 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 dear brothers from Ghana who were there together in Nigeria, they came to me. They actually they called a meeting and they came and said, uh, you know, we came from Ghana to this place to look for money. And you say you are going to be a pastor. How much will they pay you? <laughs> now you see. That kind of appeal, if you don't know what you heard and the one who spoke to you, you will think the way they think. So I told them, I said, I know. I know. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. You came here for money. Yes. There are many people that came with us to this country that have died. 
when they died, they died out of hunger and malnutrition. But they went to their rooms and they saw piles, once of notes there. They were saving money to come to Ghana. And they died there. Several of them. Especially in those um, the shanty areas there in Lagos and other cities. Go to see where where they were staying, where they were living, <coughs> and the kind of food where you know some of it. Some of it. Some of it and uh, bread, the same. They are from the same parents, one father, one mother. So you combine, you add bread to some of it, you say you are eating. What are you eating? And they won't add milk. Some of it. That's how they died. Many of them died. So as soon as they look, it is God who has kept you here. It is not your salary. Go and check if you are not a thief. If they bring police to assess you now, you, they will arrest you as a thief because you are spending much more than you are or being earning. Who has been giving you the money? I said, I know the voice that spoke to me. I left. My first allowance was not up to half of what I was receiving there. They tried to confuse my wife. Can't you work and serve the Lord? I looked at my wife. I said, oh, they have spoken to you. Eh? Even you. She became so sorry for her about what she did. And then we're on. Three months. I was promoted. And they started giving me something that was slightly above what I was receiving there. By the end of the year, they are taking me higher. And that is not the issue. The kind of blessings that God started bringing our way was amazing. The one who called you out of darkness into light is not a taskmaster. He rewards. He does what? He rewards. Why should this woman waste this amount? And, 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 and John says something in John's own edition. He said, that thing was said by Judas. And it's not because he had any good concern, any good motive. It was because he was the one keeping the, the bag. He was the treasurer or the accountant that kept the money. And he was spending from the whatever he got without recourse to the master. The Bible says that he was a thief. What was their reason? No, when I got born again, they talked. Because they could not take me to where we were drinking beer and I would buy. I was, I was very stupid. Anytime we went to drink, I would buy. I wouldn't wait for anybody to do anything. I, there were people I didn't like to go out with because they were so stingy. I would buy and free the money in my pocket there and go back home and begin to behave like one wayward boy. Because they ask you for money now, there's no money again. What about the money that you were holding yesterday? It's gone. You were doing charity. The one that has no reward. So they were angry because I, was, I won't go with them again. That was the first. The second one was, uh, why should you become a pastor? And then when that one failed, they began to say something I will tell you now. One of them, my colleagues, he came, he said, uh, he said, for you? I said, yes. He said, um, <laughs> you know, Ghanaians are very smart. 
I say yes. And you live in Nigeria for long. You have added Nigeria Wayo to Ghana Wayo. You want to go and steal money in the church. Because the way you are now, when you get there, they will I make you, they'll give you a position in that place. How many? They may make you secretary. Okay, watch over our money for us. So we know you. That's the reason why you are going to that place. Anytime they saw me with my Bible, they'll be calling me names. One day I stood and looked at them. I said, um, just to let you know, very soon you'll be lining up before me in my house. And I'll be laying hands on all of you, one by one. Very soon. They said, never. I said, don't worry. Three days, no catch. Very close guy to me. Came in the, in the I will call him night. If you are getting somebody around five o'clock, it's not night. I had who is that? It's me. It's me. So what's wrong with you? Crying. The eyes were red. What's the problem? She, he told me. I said, what is your problem? You lock your front door and you open the back. And the enemy came from behind. I warned you. You didn't hear. Nilda, let me pray for you. And I accept Christ. <laughs> I led him to Christ. And when I was laying hands on I made him feel my weight. Glory to God. And there was one Mr. Hamanya. Hamanya was very tall. In fact, taller than me. Anytime I spoke to him, I have to lift my head like this. He also came. He knelt down. His own was very dangerous. When he knelt down, he was almost around my chest area. I had to use two hands to press him down. He's a very strong man. Your act of liberality is not a wastage. No. And like we've been told, you give him your best. Your best for his best. Your best. And you are giving to your pastors the best, not your crumbs. Not your crumbs. When you receive food, you receive money, think about those that teach you the word of God. They are the ones feeding you spiritually. Think about those ones. I told one of my bishops said something. He came to a program with us in uh, our church then in Nigeria and said, um, he asked them, is all of you, how many of you have given this man a bag of rice before? He asked them some questions like that. He said, give him food to eat. So I, the anointing will be greater. Well, when I asked him, I said, I thought when you fast, the anointing grows. He said, it's a lie. You know me as a prayer giant. I said, I know. You know I fast a lot. He said, yes. You can fast for 40 days. If you don't get food to eat, you won't see the anointing on your, on your life. I learned that one from him. Just fast for 40 days and go in to go and preach. You don't have enough weight to carry that anointing. And you may collapse in the process. He said, give him food. Oh, that day they responded. When he left, they stopped. We went back to the usual ones, those who have vowed to themselves and before God that you were going to sustain our lives and God used them to do great things for us. We are not begging for food. We are not begging for money. We are teaching you what to help you. Hallelujah. So don't, don't let it look like, uh, let's see, or maybe with this COVID now, Bishop and his men, they are not having money. It's a lie. One day I'll give you a testimony about this COVID thing. The way God came our way. He knows how to keep his own. 
But the opportunity is for you to also be blessed. Be what? You may not have something, the weight you want to give out, but you have something you can give out. Any sincere man of God will not look at the country. I will bless God for your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He said, the poor, you have them every time, but me, you don't have me. Very soon, you will not be seeing me again. It is time for you to do what you are supposed to do. And the reward that came is what we are talking about now. Jesus said, what this woman did, you don't understand it, but it is my barrier. If you were there, you would have wondered, be wondering why, how? It was for my burial. He has prepared me for burial. And from commentary that I read, this was about two days before he went to the cross. And he says, wherever this gospel is preached, what the woman has done will be told. King James says, it will be an eternal memorial. It will be said in memory of him. And I coined that one, eternal memorial. A single act that was very significant to the master brought eternal memorial. How many years now? Thousands of years ago and today we are still talking about the woman. The woman here was Mary. Magdalene. She placed value on her salvation. Do you value your salvation? The people that God used to lead you to Christ, do you even know where they are? Have you ever remembered those people that brought the gospel to you and the Lord saved you? They didn't save you, but they brought the gospel and God saved you. Do you remember? If, even if you do, have you even called them one day to let them know how far you've gone. You are not looking for the title of father from you. Indeed, you are not even expecting anything from you. But it's a joy. It's a joy for them to hear you. Hear from you. God used you to bring me out of darkness and this is where God has brought me so far. And I want to appreciate you, sir. The Lord bless you and pour his rain upon you every time. And then one day, when you carry something, give to that person. Give to that person. And bless his life for allowing himself to be used by God to be a blessing to you. So it goes beyond those pastors who are preaching and teaching you here. It goes beyond that one. One thing you don't have authority over, it is your tithe. You don't have authority over your tithe to, to tell where it must go. It is supposed to be in your local assembly, in case you don't know. I will teach you on that one very soon next week. Understand these things. Stop listening to what you are saying over there. They want this work to cease. That's why they preach against finances in the church. But we have to understand some things. May the Lord touch your heart and make this truth also come alive in your spirit for you to be a blessing to those that feed you spiritually. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your two hands to heaven and bless the Lord. And as you are doing that one, you are getting ready. In the event that you are not born again, wherever you are to pray with me this morning, follow me in praying, asking the Lord for a touch over your life. If you want to receive Jesus as your, your Savior and your Lord, just pray with me and say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Wash me with the blood that you shed at Calvary. Forgive my sins. And make me a child of God. Thank you for doing so. Amen. The Lord bless you. And you go keep on shining. In the name of Jesus. Amen.